Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight live stream right here on LinkedIn and Facebook. And we'll probably go ahead and post this to YouTube later, right, Stephen? I think so, Andrew. I think so. All right, so. cool. Cool. Our IT guy is out this week on vacation, but after we do this, I'll go ahead and post it up for him. So uh, what are we talking about today? Same thing we always are. The easiest way to bring your product to market. Is it easy? No, it's just the easiest. There's still work. And the easiest way is licensing. You don't need money. You don't need employees. You don't need to start a business. You don't need to file a $10,000 patent. You can file a $60 provisional. It's a lot easier than trying to venture a product and sell it yourself. So that's what we're all about here at InventRight. That's what we're talking about. If you're curious about that, you're in the right place. So if you guys want to start typing your questions in, I know it takes a while for the stream to go live. Um, Stephen, do you have anything you want to talk about as people start to file in? Well, Andrew, I do. I do have a lot. Oh, shocking. There's a lot I want to talk about today. And here's our, here's our, here's our uh, vintage invent right when we were green and black rather than blue and black this is a vintage um off brand right Stephen? because that's not the current colors we have no we've changed the colors yeah i shouldn't even be showing this this is like para oh. this is like forbidden okay you can show that that's all right um well there's a lot of stuff that's going on andrew and i think what's really cool is that we're seeing ideas get licensed in every different category we're seeing a lot of people jumping in and, and doing some really amazing things. And we're seeing a lot of our members um, with bigger ideas, talking to companies and having the confidence to talk to companies correctly, which is really, in my mind, it's the big step. Mm -hmm. I see, I look at and invent right a little different. We know everybody that's watching us that's, that has an idea, they want to license that idea. That's their goal. They want to license that idea. And I understand that. And we want to help you license your ideas. Right. But there's something bigger happening here. Ooh, bigger. I like it. And by the way, some people, one person, Daniel, typed in, is this live? Yes, Daniel, it's totally live. We actually answer questions live. So, Stephen, yeah. bigger. So what's bigger? What what do you what's bigger would, that's going on here? Yeah, let's know. see what's bigger. Um, and I'll give a great example of that. A lot of people maybe don't have confidence in themselves, right? And maybe they don't trust themselves. You know, I've done a couple of things before. Maybe I was trying to exercise or lose some weight or maybe I was trying to accomplish some goal and I failed. Hmm. I failed at it. I mean, and so in their mind, they look at product licensing. Maybe I don't, my ideas aren't good enough. Or, or maybe I'm, I'm afraid someone's going to steal it. They have all these excuses because they really don't right. trust themselves. So what we've been trying to, and what we have been doing for 23 years is teaching a 10-step system to follow. And that 10-step system, you learn all these skills, right? And, you know, you learn how to look at a marketplace. You look at, look at the landscape and... And, and you look and making sure that, you know, is your idea new and novel? And can you play? You're, you're, you're looking at how to create ideas. You're, you're learning how to protect ideas. You're learning how to reach out to companies. You're learning how to marketing. You're, you're, you're doing all these really amazing skills mm -hmm. of, of learning how to knock on doors of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. And what happens is once you go through this, this process, and especially when you have a coach there to help you go through it so you are completing them and not failing again, right? Because if you fail at this, you're back in that trust in yourself camp. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but by having someone help you complete it, what's happening, you're gaining confidence. Mm -hmm. you're gaining these skills that you can apply to different parts of your life. You're gaining um, the ability to say, look, I can look at things in such a way to find the opportunities, to find places that I want to participate in. <coughs> so people think it's all about licensing ideas. Yes, that's really the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But the bigger takeaway from it is more life skills. Yes, that, yes. Yeah, and, and that's what, we don't talk a lot about those life skills, but when you look at all the things, because someone said, Steve, why don't you have a certification 
Well, I mean, life skills, it's like licensing skills. If you don't understand the process and you haven't been through it, how can you expect to do that by yourself, all on your own? You're, you're basically guessing, you're having self-doubt, you're making tons of mistakes, you give up too soon. There's, there's, and so having that real life experience is everything, really is. Yeah, and, and I guess someone said, Steve, and they listed all the life, they, they, someone listed, one of our members listed all the things you learn by the 10 steps. I love that. That's cool. And and he said you need to have a certification that if someone goes yeah. through your program, they get a certification that they've learned all these skills. And and he's right, Andrew. Those skills. I don't care if you're 14, high school, college. I don't care if you're 70 years old. Those are skills you can apply to anything in your life. Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. We have. Yeah, you know. You know. You know why a lot of people have told us that they thought licensing was so insurmountable and so difficult. And so when they accomplished that and they do and use skills they didn't know they had because we trained them on it, they're like, they feel like they can do all sorts of other things in their life. I mean, there was a time at which um, I, I, some people had told you like, oh, we should write another book, you know, one simple idea for life. That's our, our book, you know, well, and, yeah. and, and they, they really, it gave them confidence, you know, there's a, one of our members, um, he's 70 years old. Okay. Oh, this is great. And he doesn't have maybe all the computer skills. Right. He knows he's not at the peak of his performance because he's 70. He's kind of quiet. Um, and he's never done anything like this before. And he's got a big idea. And if you really kind of look at his skills now and what he's trying to do, they don't line up. Yeah. You know, I, I've never done this before. I don't know how to blah, blah, blah. And he, he's actually in an industry that's even really hard too. So, but he's learned how to do all these things. And now he's in the biggest game. I told him today, you're in the Super Bowl. You, you got into the Super Bowl and you learned all these skills now. And I can tell he's, he's, he's confident, right? He's still nervous, still nervous but he's overcome all these obstacles and he's 70 years old. And I want other people not to stop because they think, well, maybe I don't have the skills or maybe I cannot do it. So, you know, you know, he's, he's young to me and I, I say this all the time, but um, when you're old is not from your age, when you're old is when you're not willing to learn anything new. So he's very, a very young 70 year old cause he was willing to learn something new, how to license and all the skills that are involved in that. Now, fortunately, guys, the skills that are required to license are not as tough as the skills required to start a business. Oh. They're, they're, it's, not, it's not as much work. It's not as difficult. But you still need the skills. You can't just guess at this. But he's very young. And 70 is pretty young. I mean, well, I think 70 is young. Yeah, My I'm dad's not, 88, and he's still. Well, I'm knocking on that door. So I, I kind of think that. I think it's young. I, well, I do, too. I'm turning. Um, I'm, oh, you're gonna you're gonna say live on a stream? Oh, yeah, I'm going to because I'm actually proud of it. Should you be. Know? Well, I am because I think Andrew, you're right. I'm still curious. I'm still active, and I, I I still feel fantastic. I wake up every day. I'm excited. I think I'm the best I could be, and I'm I'm I will be 67 in June. Yeah, and, and I, I can attest that you're young, not because of that age, but because. Uh, you you're especially lately you're very curious about a lot of things you want to try to help us build our business and you're looking at it from a lot of different angles and so and that's i i i think that's one of the things helping to keep you kind of young you you walk a fair amount too i don't know how you do it in the snow now with where you live but, well Andrew, here's a um, catch too i think it's really interesting i am curious right and i want to learn new things right yeah and, and i get to see and I still feel sharp, you know, I, I still feel like I'm at the best of my, you know, the, uh, the peak performance. And I was telling someone the other day, my career is just starting. And they were like, no, no, that's when your career ends. You're at the end of your career. And I said, no, no, I'm at the beginning of my career. Because yeah. the way I look at it, if you don't like what you do, you retire. And I think hmm. I love what I do. I'm, I'm not retiring. This is something I look forward to 
to Mondays and Tuesdays and Saturdays and Sundays. Why would I ever retire or stop doing something I love? That's ridiculous. But but here's, and here's the thing. It's a total cliche. I say this all the time. You do what you love. The money will come. After 23 years of coaching and mentoring inventors that invent right, I can tell you when they're doing something they love and they have the combination of the two things, doing what they love, which is coming up with ideas and, and actually working on their products, you know, but that you can't just have, I want to make money. You can't just have, I want to, I'm going to do what I love. If you, if you want to make money and do what you love, the money will come. But here's the thing. If you just love coming up with ideas and I'm being really honest here, it's not enough. You will not be successful. You have to do, and I always, I'm just saying it, all the boring stuff we teach you to do here at InventRight. Making a sell sheet, researching your list of companies, studying the other products in the space, filing a provisional patent, reaching out to some companies three, four, five times before they get back to you. Is that as much, is that what you love? I've had students that have learned to love that. And I've had students that are like, I don't love it. I love coming up with ideas, but I know I have to do it in order to see people enjoy my products. I would love to see my product on the store shelf so people can experience that. And I would love to put money in the bank account and have the residual income, you know, from that so that I, I'm kind of tired of what I've been doing or I love what I'm doing, but I also love this. So there's just some random thoughts about doing what you love. The money will come. Now, sometimes I talk to people that just want to do inventing for the money. It's not often. Those people aren't really attracted to us because we don't sell get rich quick. And I, I tell them, don't do it. I go, if you don't love this, you will not be successful. If you don't love your product, if you just like, I got this one idea, I'm never going to do this again. I go, now sign up with us. Yeah, I, I think if you're, I think if you chase money, it runs from you. Right. And I think a lot of people are chasing it and it's, it's always out of your grasp. And you wonder why. I, I think if you do things that attract opportunity, you're knocking on doors, you make things happen, it, it just yeah. comes naturally. But that's just my thought. Hey, Andrew, I want to read this one thing. I really like this from uh, uh, Cody says, you're on fire, Stephen. Keep throwing on the logs. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, Andrew, I want to, let's get to some of these questions and then I'm, I want to talk about some things in just a minute. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Um, let's see. Well, I love this comment. Um, she says, when it comes to learning, age is just a number. Uh, it cannot be. It cannot be a barrier. Yeah. Um, well, you know what's crazy, and you, you are right. I, I love learning new things, and I didn't realize that. I, you know, you know, it's really kind of funny. I'm on this one advisory board on this one government and they pay me quarterly because I'm on the board, I'm on the advisory board and they ask me these questions. And at first when they asked me all these questions, I was really intimidated because I didn't have the answers. I didn't know the answers. Hmm. And in fact, some of the words I had to look up, I was like, what the heck? Why did they even ask me? And I was a little bit, I think like a, maybe a lot of us feel, I don't know what I'm doing. But I started researching and digging and learning, and I realized, wow, that's really an interesting topic. And yes, I do have an opinion. I just wasn't aware of the importance of this to somebody, right? So that's when I started to, to realize researching new topics. I don't care if it's AI or ChatGPT or evergreening of patents or design patents, or it, it doesn't matter what it is. If you research it enough, and you find these little bits of information that are pretty cool, right? It's fascinating. So as you know, I started researching information on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Inventright TV. And I started doing some classes on thumbnails and titles and SEO. And, and you found I really loved it. It was like, well, and, and doing the analytics behind the scenes. Well, what is this one doing? And it, it opened a door for me to go, well, maybe I should learn in some other areas because Mm -hmm. all this information is available, right? You have to find a trusted source. Okay. Find someone that's done it before. 
and make sure they're kind of, you know, giving you some good information and you can kind of check on that to make sure they are. But a lot of that information is available. And I love that. I love digging deep because it allows me to, to really learn about topics. Someone said today, the, you know, the internet's the largest library in the world. Someone said, well, why even go to college? You can learn everything on the internet now that you could learn in college just about. So, but you have to be in the right mindset for that information to have an impact. And, and there's there's a, a ton of misinformation. I mean, we're, we're experts on licensing. We've been doing EventRight for 23 years. And we put in some interesting stuff in the chat GPT, right? Which was, <laughs> if you guys know what, if you don't know what it is, I'd maybe been living under a rock and that's, look, look it up if you don't know what it is. And um, some of it was really great information. And some of it was like, whoa, this is really going to hurt them if they would follow this advice. And it's the same thing just generally searching the Internet, too. There is. That's one of the reasons why Steve and I started InventRate. There's massive amounts of misinformation. I'll give you one example of people saying, oh, you got an idea. First thing you do is run out and get a patent. What? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. And and there's just a ton of misinformation on on the internet about licensing, but you know whatever you're going to do, get close to people that have been doing it and doing it for a long time and really know it, and and are trustworthy. There are people out there that will play you, you know, to in order to sell you something. Um, so you got you got to take a look at that angle as well. Um, so Stephen, here's a question. Um, Morris Ingram, my product is a tennis ball feeder. I have a functional duct tape prototype of a tennis ball feeder, should I go further and get a CAD model of it? Steven, if he's got a functional prototype, like he's good. Now what he, what I would recommend, Morris, is what our we do for about 85% of our students is a virtual prototype, something that looks beautiful. So you might have the sell sheet, you have the good marketing and you have your virtual prototype in there. And then you have a link, if necessary, to the video of it working if that illustration of it working is important if that video of it's working and they'll be like oh here's what it looks like and they'll see the duct tape on it and go okay it's a prototype and that's fine you know but a lot of people think well i need to get it all engineered and it's like they're going to change a bunch of stuff anyway and they'll go out and spend fifteen thousand dollars to make this beautiful perfect functioning prototype and company's like well we wouldn't even make it that way and you're like oh crap i just spent fifteen thousand dollars on this prototype so it varies with every product, but no, I think with where you're at, you do a sell sheet, you do a virtual prototype. We do that for our students. If you ever sign up for a coaching program, I don't think you need a CAD model of it. If you got it working, they know how it's going to work. You can explain how it's going to work. They will not run for the hills if you don't have all that worked out. Okay. That's the thing people think. And if they were intrigued by the benefit of the product in your marketing piece, that's what they're intrigued by. As Steven says, he's been saying this forever. You're not selling your patent. You're not selling your prototype. You're selling the benefit of your product. Show that in the marketing piece. That's how you go fishing. That's how you get interest. Not, and sometimes people, they, they spend money on CAD and they spend money on this and you get a false sense of moving forward. Like, oh, I'm making so much progress. And people tell us, oh, I'm really far along. I'm like, what have you done? I'm like, well, I paid $20,000 for a patent and then I got this, uh, paid another 15,000 for this prototype and I'm really far along. I'm like, yeah. No, you aren't. You yeah. aren't really far along. And you, there's a question from this from this gentleman, John Wilson. And I really want to talk about that. Um, but before we get to his okay. question. Direct, I don't think that's going to fit. If I put it up, it only does no, like the first two lines. It's not going to fit. Get to that question. I, okay. Um, I do believe that most inventors are doing it wrong. Okay, I'm just gonna say it right now, you're doing it wrong, right? And because I had this call from one of our members and he was reaching out to companies and he really loves his idea, he loves his idea and he just wasn't getting the responses. Yeah. And, and he wanted to have some advice of, of, of why not? And, and uh, first of all, I realized Yes, we all love one particular idea. We love it, and we're going to try to find a home for that idea. But I, I explained to him how it really works, <laughs> not how you think it works. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how it really works, okay? And he's doing the, the traditional model where I see a problem I have, right, or my friend or whatever, and I create a solution for it, okay? And I do, you know, maybe I patent it or build a prototype or start a company or even licensing, doesn't matter. But it, the idea came from a problem that I particularly have. Now, that's, people do that all the time, and that's one way to do it. There's no doubt about it. That is one way to come up with an idea and see if you can license it. And that's I the think, way, to be honest with you, that's the way most inventors do. They all do. I, I'd say, God, 90 to 95%. Right. And, I've and been that's trying, fine. I've been trying to tell them to do it a different way for me, 23 years. Me, and they me don't too. To me. No, no, me, me too. Well, and because we help them with the licensing process, but for the next idea, the next idea, the next idea, they, what they, I think you're going to be talking about is is really the best way to invent. They don't listen. Yeah. And I don't know why to convince them to do it this way. because they, they, They're an artist. They have their own creative process. They, they don't they, they want to change that. If they I did it this way, their success would increase tenfold. Very true. So and now just, don't be a big tease. You're going to have to explain I'm what you're talking about. I don't what it is, but they just okay. don't do it. Way. All right. And I've been writing about it, talking about it, because this is the way I did it, because I was not that creative and I wasn't skilled in the art of building prototypes or, or even seeing problems. So how did I do it in order to license so many ideas? Well, because I was telling this gentleman, you might want to look at it a little different way. And this is how it really, really works. Okay. You come up with an idea and you submit it to a company and they tell you, for whatever reason, they tell you no. And we talked about the last Q&A, the, the 15 reasons why your idea might get rejected. We, we talked about it at the last uh, Q&A we did last Thursday. Okay, so you get rejected and you're thinking, gee, okay. And then what you do is that you run off, you run, you run off and you find some other company to do it too. And then you run off to another company, you're running, and so you're running all around pitching that one idea to these companies, right? And that's a good strategy. That's a very practical strategy. But I said, what you don't realize, the, the guys that are successful at this don't run off. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I go, well, they, they don't run off. They, they submit another idea. Now, they, that same idea you love so much that they said, no, you still put it here. You still have it. But now you've got someone that said no. So it's the beginning, it's the beginning of a relationship. So, so you come up with another idea. The pro, this is how the pros do it. They come up with another idea and they submit it again. And most likely they're going to get another no. That's okay too. Because that no allows you to build a relationship. So you got another no. So now you got two no's. Now, most people, they run away. You know? two, two? I mean, most of our students are getting, you know, they're getting 20-something no's. Okay, but from the same company. But oh, oh, got it, got it. They take a, they, so one product got a no. My favorite product got a no. I sent another one, got a no. I sent a third one in now. All right, now, are, are, and some inventors, this the pro inventors aren't getting mad. They're not getting upset. They're going, hey, I, I just found a, 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 a an outlet. To yes. send my ideas, I made yeah. a relationship. But other inventors, they, they walk. Like, oh, they rejected me. Screw them. They're not they're maybe subconscious. Yeah. They're moving they're, on. They're, they're just they're not Bad. in the right So yeah. so you get the third no. Now this company's looking at you and going, you know, your material's pretty good. You know, your marketing material's good. You're doing a good job, but you just haven't hit our target yet. Yeah. You just you know, but. I realize you have invested time in trying to solve my company's problems. I love you. You're an asset. Okay. Maybe they don't use those words. That might make people feel a little awkward, but yeah. No, they don't want to say that to you. <laughs> okay, so, so what happens is they'll start to talk to you and give you even more feedback. Yeah. Right? No, this is this and this, and you start to learn about what they're looking for. And before you know it, they're kind of telling you what they're, they're kind of what their wish list is. And now they give you this target to hit. Here's a mm -hmm. target. Now, 
that's the last thing we don't have targets to hit because they don't tell us those targets on their web page. Right. So we don't know how to, to channel our creativity to hit these targets. Mm -hmm. So, but once you know there's a target, your chances of hitting that target greatly increase if you know what to hit. Sure, sure. And, and because the sell sheets you sent, there was no long rambling email with 20 paragraphs and a sell sheet that didn't make sense. It was a sell sheet they got in like six seconds. So like, this person's not wasting my time. I can see they're trying. They're getting pretty close, but not quite right for us. Maybe right for another company, but in this particular product, not right for us. So you're, you're, they're putting you, that inventor, into the pro pile. This person's a pro. This is somebody I, and, and when they compare it with all the other inventors that are just doing so, one shot and disappearing and, and, and wasting their time with so, stuff that's obviously not right for their product line because they didn't bother to look at their product line because so, they saw Steven on a YouTube show and the, the company's like, hey, we like ideas. And they're just like, and, and even say on the YouTube show, don't send ideas, look at our product line first. And then a bunch of inventors still do it. So yeah. what happens is the pros, now those licensees, potential licensees are clients. Right. I'm designing for these clients of mine. Mm -hmm. Very different mindset now. Okay. Yeah. And what happens is when they give you their hit list, know what they're really giving you? They're giving you the target to hit that they know people want this. Mm -hmm. They're giving you the target that the data they've collected says, look, if we create a product in this category, our market wants it. Yeah, like they might say, like, it's a kitchen company. And they're like, um, hey, Stephen, let's say I'm the marketing manager. Stephen, um, you know, I, I really like getting your products. Um, I know none of them really hit yet, but we're, I, we were in a meeting the other day. We, we really, cupcake tins are hot right now because of, because of the Food Network. Everybody's doing cupcakes. I'm just making up something random. The cupcake tins are really hot right now. If you could get me something, and I don't want anything silicone because this is because it's too expensive. We want something else with some unique feature. You know, wow, that's gold. Yeah, so let me tell you why that's so important because I'm going to wrap the story up. They're telling you what they need because the market is telling them. Right. Okay. Because I was on a call just yesterday with someone that just plays the Amazon game. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And I said, well, tell me about the game. He goes, well, Steve, what I do, I look for categories that people are searching for. And I can see how many people are searching for this particular word, you know, search term. And I can see how many people are searching for the search term. I can tell you that is in demand. Mm -hmm. That same thing these companies are telling you, that's what we're looking for. That is in demand. And right. when I find what's in demand, then I design a product, a little variation, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I look at the price point, I look at my point of difference, and then I design a product for that search term, for the market demand. I'm uh, glad you got to this because you actually didn't start talking about what I thought you were. I thought you were going to say, look at the marketplace, study a micro category like kitchen cutting boards that are bamboo and then and then invent for the marketplace fully understanding it but what you said is a little more advanced but it should, every inventor should do it is make a relationship by sending a company a bunch of ideas you're gonna make a relationship with a person they're a person it's not a company it's like bob at there you know you've been sending to bob and get their feedback on what they are looking for and invent for them but some of you guys aren't aren't there yet you can simply study a micro category on Amazon, like Steven's guy that sells on Amazon that he's talking about. Study barbecue spatulas, study doorstops, study. It's got to be small enough that you can be an absolute pro in that small space right. and that you can learn to be a pro in that space in two to four hours, make observations. You have no invention, none. You have no invention. And then you go, well, what's missing? And it will just instantly come to you oh, so easy. Okay, so he's designing for what the market is telling him. Yes. Okay, so he designs a simple thing, and there's there's fifty other ones there. There's all it the show, competition. Shows, shows there's shows there's a need for that type. You can product. see all the other ones. Their price yeah. point, their designs, and he designs one a little bit different. 
Okay. And then he shows me he's the number one seller of that product now. Out of all of them, he's number one. Mm-hmm. That product sells close to hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth. Wow. On an idea that is not like some invention. Mm-hmm. It's a product that the market's asking for. Right. So getting back to my whole point about this whole thing, when you design an idea you think you want, you're not designing for the market. When you look at the market and you understand what people are asking for, what companies are looking for, and you start to design for that, your chances are going to be far greater to channel your creativity. And that's when I told him, I don't care if you told me, Steve, I want you to come up with a new tennis shoe, a toaster, a screwdriver, whatever. I can come up with variations in any of those categories any minute of any day of any time because I have tools that have taught me to practice, to look at variations and study the marketplace and come up with a little different twist here and there. Are, are, and then, are, how many inventors do you talk to that are doing either of these things? No, they aren't doing it. They, no. they aren't do, the pros are doing it, though. Yes. And the guys that are really good at it that do go license time after time after time after time after time. They're always, they're always doing it. They're always doing it because they, they, they've learned the tools of creativity and they're channeling those tools on market needs. So anyway, there's my rant. Or Mark, Mark, Martin is on here. He says, this is so accurate. Thank you, Stephen and Andrew. He's one of our coaches. So I'll, I'll give you your 20 bucks later, Martin. But he knows this is true. He sees the patterns because yeah. he's an event right coach. And I'm honored so, that Martin's bothering so John, so, John, getting back to your question, because John's asking this right away. And that's why, yeah. John, you, you kind of got me thinking about it. John says, you know, he's got a patent. He's got a prototype. Okay, great. He's not quite sure what to do next. Well, he um, says he kind of wanted to build his own brand. And he's going to feel kind of guilty if he licenses. He's guilty. This is interesting. This I, is a matter I, of psychology. If he, if he licenses it rather than builds a brand and sells it himself. So see, what are your thoughts about that? It was interesting. Use the word I, I think it's a wrong conversation to have. Yeah. I think Why? John should be looking at the market. Yeah. Right? What is the market asking for? What is the market needs? And really looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, you can build a brand. You can license a venture. You can do any of those things. So what? Those are just options of commercialization. Those are easy. But are you really evaluating your yeah. opportunity and i john that's where that's when i read this i go you know you're off track on this one you guys and I'll, i want to say this real clear too what andrew and i have been trying to teach is trying to really focus on the things that are important because we 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 don't know right and and if you haven't done this repeatedly and have been in this space for so long you really don't know what the first step really is and I can see that from what John said. And I look at that and go, John, that to me, there's other questions I would ask myself rather than those questions. Well, he's he's trying to figure out, this is what he's saying. This is my baby. I really believe in this idea. I'm going to have to let it go a little bit if I'm going to license it because they might make it slightly different, make it pink instead of purple. And I can tell he's struggling with that with what he wrote. And I'm going to lose some, and you do. You literally lose some control. They won't do it exactly like you want it. Now, you could put in a licensing contract, right, Stephen? You got to do this, this, but they're probably going to go, oh, my God, this person's going to no, be impossible. Andrew, they're gonna, I, it's going to kill the I deal. I wouldn't worry about that at all. I know. I know. I, I, that's, that would that'd be the last thing I would think about. But some inventors are worried about it. I know, but why? That I'm worried because about Because it's their baby. Because it's no, important. No, but that doesn't them. make them money. That doesn't make – that that has yeah. nothing to do with being successful. It's just a new thing inventors deal with. It's emotional. But I, I know, so, but Andrew, you can in contracts. That's the other thing too. I've seen this, and we have members that do this. They license to companies, mm -hmm. certain categories. They hold some rights back. And they they take the royalties and do their own manufacturing, right? Or or they buy it from the licensee and sell it in a channel. They, they're not selling so it. So many. You can do that if you want. Now, whenever I have people that are interested in that. Once they get into a deal with a really big company, I would say like 75% of the time they go, I'm not interested in that more, Andrew. I, I see what they're capable of. I, I, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let them have it. You know. But Stephen, with regards to this, most inventors are doing it backwards. That's basically what you're saying. They're randomly coming up with an idea and then seeing how it fits in the marketplace. What we're saying is figure out what the market wants, either through a marketing manager at a company 
or by studying the category, looking on Google Images, looking on Amazon, whatever is appropriate for your product, and then coming up with an invention based on the marketplace. It's okay if people do it the wrong way around, but the problem is the longer they've been thinking about it, maybe this applies to John, the more in love they fall with the product. And if they haven't done their proper research, then later they're not willing to make changes to the product because they're like, this is what it is, this is what it is. And it's like, well, studying everything in the marketplace, this is what it should be. You should change it a little bit. That's something that our Martin and all our other coaches deal with regularly. We, we make the students study the marketplace and we, we, we say, you know, you're probably going to want to make some changes here to the product. So, you know, there's a lot of questions here. Here's one from Chris. Why not protect your idea before you show it to a potential investor? Why shouldn't you patent it early? Chris, I can tell you, you're very new at this. Okay, you're, you're that that's a question that tells me you're at the very beginning of this. Well, but, well Chris probably do, also doesn't understand the licensing option because you don't need investors. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, Chris, keep on watching the videos, but I, I'm going to real quickly. You really want to file a, a provisional patent application. And that gives you patent pending for one year that allows you to show to investors and potential licensees and all that kind of great stuff. So. Learn as much as you can about that tool, provisional patent application. Learn as much as you can about NDAs as, as well. And learn about the process because that question tells me you're at the, really at the very beginning of this and you really need to, to educate yourself a little bit more because there's a lot to it than those two questions. Yeah. 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 I want to remind everybody while I have everybody on here, we have a, a contest going on this month. And so if you go to inventright.com, with the way this is set up, I can't type it in there. So inventright.com um, and click on inventions for sale. And you'll see a whole bunch of our students' products that are currently on the market. It's just a small sliver. They're mostly consumer products. We don't have like the gentleman that licensed the CPAP device, really big deal he did, and industrial commercial products. But we have a bunch of them up there. And at the top of that page, if you go to inventright.com, click inventions for sale. There's, you can fill info on that form. And yeah, subscribe to the newsletter, but it gets you entered in the contest every week for the entire month. And we're giving away three of our students' products every week. We're ordering them on Amazon and having them shipped to the, the winners. And we already announced them for last week. So that's fun. If you want to be inspired to say, well, these are people that currently license their, pro that license their products and this product's on the market now and I could buy it. That if that's not fuel to the fire to get you excited about licensing, I don't know what is. So make sure to check that out. Thank you, Andrew, for that. We're going to run that all the month of April. This is a good question, you know, about asking for feedback. You guys, companies hate when you ask for feedback. <laughs> oh, come on, Steve. You're going to get it 100% of the time you ask. <laughs> you know, no, you you're ask not, for, guys. You're yeah, not. when you ask for feedback, you're you just cost them money. Time is money. Right. You've asked them to spend money on you and they don't know you. And so I think you can ask for feedback. I just wouldn't expect to get it. Um, I think you can, you can get the feedback that's you really do need. Maybe when you start to submit more ideas, Right. And they're trying to guide you a little bit. That's when you're seeing that these guys are really willing to spend a moment with you to kind of guide you a little bit because you're working hard for them and you're not hitting the target. That's when they're willing to give you a little bit more. But, when, but when you ask for feedback, I talked to I think I shared this on another stream. Um, I talked to a guy at the hardware show, a pretty big company, and he was a marketing manager there. And he says, um, I never provide feedback. And I said, well, why? He said, I had a bunch of really bad experiences with inventors that were arguing with me. Like they were arguing, like, why not? That's a stupid comment. That doesn't make any sense. Are you freaking kidding me? Because the goal, if your goal is just to sell this one product and you're not even thinking about creating a relationship, I don't know, I guess, then go ahead and burn that bridge. But why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? So they don't have time to go back and forth 20 times. but give you one example of a way of doing it where you're not doing that say i fully accept that this product isn't a right match for your product line um and i look forward to submitting you more products but if you if you have any feedback a sentence or two or any comments about any problems with the product feel free to feel free to email me back now 
most of them aren't going to email you back. And that's fine. And that you shouldn't go, oh, well, now I can't send them more ideas. No, they accepted the first idea and they gave you a no. They looked at it and gave you a no. They did work for you. You should. So that's that's just kind of the mindset, guys. And I'm, I'm going to have to take a picture of this one quote from Cody um, that I gave. I love it. The quote of the day, when you chase money, money runs away from you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, you know, Andrew, I want to I want to talk about one thing for just a minute, because we know there's a lot of questions being asked. We can't get to all of them. We also know that our YouTube channel has over 1,000 videos. Okay, wow, 1,000 videos. You've got to be kidding me. Well, I thought we were close to 1,000. I didn't know we hit 1,000. We, we hit the, the one. Did we? Yeah. Okay, and, cool. And we're going to celebrate that somehow a little bit later. Okay. But but I do want to mention one thing, you guys, and I'm going to do a shameless plug here. And I usually don't do too many shameless plugs, but I am going to plug this. We, we've been educating our community for 23 years. And how do we do that? We, we do this 10-step this system that we know works. It works because we've been using it for you know decades now and we see the results because Andrew just mentioned the ideas on inventions for sale and we just put that up recently but it does work right and we talk about it here we talk about it in books and articles but we don't really go that far in in detail of it right but we do for our members at InventRight right and we've collected all this information over 23 years and we compiled it all together in a really a simple way to go through the 10 steps and it gives you everything from sample licensing agreements, the sell sheets, the scripts, the follow-ups, how to write a PPA correctly, how to do your marketing material correctly, everything you need to license your ideas. It's very, very complete. Uh, in fact, it has over 350 hours just a videos. So it makes our YouTube channel and all the other stuff look like it's very small. We put it up for the first time for $29 a month. Now, that's right. I love when Andrew did this video. It's only $29 a month and you get access to all of it. Not only access to all of these companies looking for ideas, everything our members have, you can actually get access for $29 a month. You guys, check this out. If if you still want more information, if you want to make sure you're doing you're doing and saying the right thing that will lead to a licensing agreement, please check out our do-it-yourself $29 a month a licensing guide at InventRight. I think you'll absolutely love it. There's my plug. Okay. So said to me that's tell people how to get there. So I'll tell them how to get there. So you go to inventright.com. And then you click on all services, inventright.com and go to all services. And then you'll see the 20, you just see the $29 program. It's pretty, pretty someone said to me, see, that's like a dollar a day. It's, I said, yeah, it is. It's a you can support yourself instead of supporting a child in Africa. You can support yourself for a dollar a day. A dollar a day. You know, I was like, really? Only a dollar a day? What's really crazy about it. Someone said, Steve, I spend more on Starbucks a day. I go, yes, you do. If you got Starbucks every day, it'd be a lot more than that. Oh, my God. Starbucks is like. Anyway, check uh, it out, guys. I think you really love it. I think, uh, yeah, I was going to make a, con a negative comment about Starbucks. I won't say that. Well, don't but <laughs> I'll hold back. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's talk about this real quick. Celeste mentions about our new Innovate This. Right. Oh, the, are there are. We don't like using the word blog, but it's a blog. It's a blog. I don't yeah, care what it's a blog. <laughs> you, you guys, let me tell you what we decided to do. We said um, this whole world of, of commercializing your ideas, we like licensing, of course, but we have members that venture. We have we help members get on QVC. We have helped members do a bunch of stuff, and we realized that we wanted to have a place at InventRight where we bring in experts in all different fields of this world of commercializing your ideas and have them write for InventRight. And we decided, well, let's have people that want to talk about software patents or maybe how to manufacture in China or maybe what a CAD drawing is or whatever topic we think you're interested in. We have writers now 
that are writing for InventRight, and it's called Innovate This. And you're going to see us post those writers' articles all on social media. But please check it out. Thank you, Celeste, for mentioning that. I'm really proud of it, Andrew, because it's a wide range of people writing about it now. Right? And they're giving their perspective. But I think, I'm a, like I said at the very beginning of this, I like to research. I want information. I want to keep learning. And that's a great learning tool at InventRight. It's absolutely free. It's called Innovate This. Check it out. Thank you, Celeste, for mentioning that. Yeah, we've got a lot of experts on there. And it's not just about licensing. It's about anything to do with inventing, bringing a product to market. So it's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, this kind of expands on what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Marston said, would you ask for guidance after the first no or really after a few submissions? Oops. What was, I, sorry, I don't know why that other one popped up. That was weird. Um, yeah, that thing's broken. Um, I'm going to pu pu pull apart some words. And Marcin, this might not be what he meant, but he, he said guidance. So I'm just as a lesson here. Do not ask companies or marketing managers you're submitting to for guidance. Like Steven says, they don't have time for that. They're going to see you as a rookie inventor. You know, you you need to know how to license products, how to submit, how to interface, not guidance. And maybe, Marcin, maybe you just meant guidance with regards to um, what are you looking for? Okay, if that's fine. But I wanted to comment, and it might not be your question, but others. You are not asking a marketing manager or a big company to guide you. If you do that, you will never close deals. You will irritate them. They don't have time for it, like Steven said. No, I think... I think you can later, and that's what I was trying to tell everybody. If if you're submitting to these companies and you're willing to to keep submitting to them, there will be a time where they're they're willing to invest in you by giving you guidance, by giving you a wish list. Guidance because, for what they're looking for, but not on sending a good sell sheet or anything. No, like that. but they might, yeah. you know, you might have a conversation. They might say, hey, look, let's go on a Skype call. And you might say, hey, look, what do you guys, you might say, hey, is my marketing material spot on? Do you understand it? Yeah, okay. Is there anything I can do to, to improve my presentation to make it easier for you to understand what I'm selling? Okay. I mean, there's all these other conversations. Sure. You might realize real quickly that because you've got this relationship, you don't have to file a PPA on every idea you submit to them now. See, that's what I like about it. You can say, hey, look, I'm going to keep submitting ideas. In fact, instead of me building a sell sheet, can I write, give, send over a paragraph of the big benefit of an idea to tell me if you're even interested in that hey, space? Red alarm, red alarm. Legal disclaimer. We are not, we're not attorneys. We're not providing you legal advice. Cons please consult your attorney with regards to, uh, <laughs> to right, submit. What, what, what was the flag you, you, said, you said maybe you make oh. a relationship with them and you submit without the PPA. <sighs> Officially, we're telling you to file a PPA before you submit. Um, well, but we, we have plenty of students that make relationships. They're pros. They're comfortable with the company. And they don't even bother doing it. But are we advising you guys to do that? No, we're advising you to follow PPA. People ask that all the time, though, Andrew. I think you're right. Overall, if you're new with this, I wouldn't recommend that. But if you have a relationship, ask them about their process, too. But have a relationship. And that's why these portals. Here, once again, what we just talked about has nothing to do with portals. Right? We talked about submitting, working with the company, kind of building that. The minute you get into a portal situation, looking for that great... Because I spoke to someone yesterday. They said, Steve, I just couldn't help myself. I said, I know you're not well about portals, but I had to submit it. <laughs> I said, People all right. ask all the time, what the hell are you talking about portals? It's just a page on the company's website. Submit your idea here. What Steven's talking about is when you're, email, you're messaging them directly on LinkedIn or emailing them or calling them, that that's when you get the feedback. But a portal, there's no... It's just a black hole. I mean, you're never going to get feedback there. Yeah, he, he had asked me about this one particular site. I'm not going to mention that that um, that you they have a lot of companies looking for ideas. Long story short, I said, look, is there anything on that page that shows any success from anybody that's used that portal? He goes, no. Okay. If it worked, I'm going to guarantee that they would be talking about the success of the portal. Mm -hmm. All right. If there's no success using the portal, 
I don't know if I would submit through that portal. I, it, it makes no sense, you guys. You're wasting your time. And it doesn't really work that way. You, you want it to work that way, Andrew. I would love to be able to take my idea, press a button, send it to a company, and him call me back and go, you got a contract. That'd be great. It's every I inventor's dream. That. doesn't exist, though. I, really. I it doesn't really work like that. Work. So yeah. be careful. Don't spend your money on those portals. They make no sense whatsoever. So, Marcin, um, are we saying that when you're new to this and you're working on your first project that you can't ask any company, let's say you reach out 25 companies for feedback, no, we're not saying that, but but we're saying it works a lot better when you've kind of gone pro and you're submitting multiple ideas and you've made a relationship. Um, if you do it in a very friendly way and you don't argue, I don't see a harm in it. Do it in a way where, but if you're asking them like 20 questions and going on and on, oh boy. So, and that's what most people do. And so, well, you know, Andrew, he, you know you, he's a member of InventRight. And what's really great about it, he's tapping into the companies that we have on bridging the gap. Yeah, right? but all those companies, they're telling you what they're looking for on our on our he's also he's also gonna tap into some of the companies we interview, right? Because he you know, and it it just happens, you guys, if you stay in this game long enough, you start to build relationship with companies and our goal at InventRight is to build more relationships with companies to bring those companies to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a relationship of us. We need for you to be successful because if you're successful, the door is open. And when they open, we can bring more companies to you. Yeah. Well, thank you for this commie, uh, comment, Christy. Uh, I think showing, what do you call us, even social proof of people licensing products. You guys probably all know somebody that's made money in real estate, right? You're like, well, yeah, you know you can make money in real estate. But I think when we show you, like on our inventions for sale page on inventright.com, all these people that have licensed products that are on the market like this second today that you can buy, that's just proof that you know that this works. And that, so when you have troubles, you can't get into your favorite company. Things aren't working for you. You know, this isn't a pipe dream. This is very doable. So whatever we can do to help there, I think that's very important, Stephen. Otherwise people doubt themselves. Yeah, we have another member, Daniel, here that wrote um, about remotes and why don't remote TV remotes do things. Hey, can someone please invent a remote that handles everything? <laughs> can someone actually do that? Oh, you mean like I, why I have three freaking remotes? Why is that so and, hard? I don't get it. I, 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 I'm dumbfounded. And maybe they do now. I don't know. No, they, they do have remotes, but it's – I've – bought them before and given up like they're they're impossible to program you have to be like a geek to do this stuff what it's it's just not easy just but now can't you just talk to your tv and tell it to change channels now and all that stuff you, if you got a roku i have a roku and i i'd say search this on youtube or whatever it's okay it could be a lot better but yeah you should be able to have like let's say this is two remotes you should be able this is this is cool let's say i just came up with this I have no idea how this would freaking work. But you just touch them together and it's smart enough to know, oh, I'm going to integrate these two modes and use NFC or something. I just made that up. You guys can have that. Anybody who wants to figure that out. Um, but wouldn't that be cool? That would be really cool. Um, uh, All right. I actually have a remote idea, uh, Christy Lee. <laughs> I love this is a sign. <laughs> there you go. Here, here, we're almost coming down to the end, but we have, does licensing work any differently in regards to variations on food products? Hmm. Shapes? Hmm. Food, food is harder, guys. Um, can you license a food product? Yes. Oh, hey, this the, is, go ahead. Can, can I just comment really quickly yeah, on food? He's got, a cool, okay. he's got a cool idea here. I didn't, I didn't see it. So I'll comment generally and you can get more specific. But um, food companies like Kraft or these giant food companies, good luck. Good luck. But there are smaller food companies that I think if you had some variation that it would be possible to license to. Intellectual property on food is very difficult. You know, maybe you have a new method of manufacturing where it rolls off the machine. It, it, it's hard. It's, it's a hard area to invent in, but it is possible. He's saying, I love this idea. It, it, I, I don't know if this is what he wants to license, whatever, but. Oh, you're not going to, we didn't, he didn't disclose the idea, did he? Well, it's right there. Well, kind of, 
He said, well, you're not supposed to do that. A somewhat similar product to what I'm thinking about is the fruit roll-ups. You know, the fruit, you know, it's yeah. like a sheet. And that um, there's a way to cut dirt. Maybe it's perforations that you, you punch out and it's a mustache you wear. I, I, you know, that's, that's fine. What, Kids will love that. Won't they love it? Well, kids will love that. And maybe it maybe it's something else anyway. Very clever. Yes, things like that have some utility. Things like that are pretty cool. Yes, and you can get the companies to pitch those ideas. So I, I would say in the area of food, Stephen, that's a perfect yeah. example of a food idea that actually might very well be licensable. And yeah. even though I mentioned the megacorps, like, man, can you imagine kids having fun with that? Mm -hmm. uh, and really, it's just a cut that comes down. It's a die cut that comes out and perforates. <laughs> The kids would punch it out. I think it's that that would be an example of something that might be worth pursuing. Or better yet, call, do a here's another thing we talk about all the time do a piggyback where it's some type of punch or some type of thing that you take the fruit roll up and you can punch out different shapes to do different things too. So you're not well, see that, in their manufacturing. I love it. I love it. So that's an example of two different ways it could be done. Could you license this to a company that makes fruit roll ups? And it comes off the line like that with the mustache and is perforated. Yeah. Would that be massive, incredible volume and the best thing? Yes. yes. Is that going to be a much harder deal to close? Yes. On a much lower level, could you have a little kit that kids would take and they would buy it on Amazon or elsewhere and they would stamp it out? Is that as good of an idea? No. But could that be licensable to a company that's just making gadgets and gizmos for kids and toys for kids? Yes. So that, I, I don't think that's a the greatest no, idea, but it's like to piggyback. Daniel's got another question here. Hi guys, he's thinking about. Okay, we should do a whole video uh, Q and A just on reaching out to companies. I thought we did a little bit last week, but he's asking a question is, and there's a sequence to this reaching out to a company, Daniel. Would you first, it depends on the category, it depends on if there's a department, it gets the right people. But technically, on LinkedIn, you're trying to find the right company for your product. You're trying to find the right person, right? And you're trying to ask for permission or determine if they even work with us. That's mm -hmm. really the first thing. And you make it short, sweet, and to the point. And if you're really clever, sometimes you could add a, a one line or two lines about the benefit of your idea. So you're really zeroing in on benefits, even better. But the point is, you don't, once you make contact, don't start selling. You know, I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think they're ready for it. They might, they might say, hey, look, that's, you know, they might have been told, hey, there's a process here, right? So just don't jump ahead. Here's the question. Here's the thing I want to tell everybody. I'm a little confused by what you're saying. When you don't start selling, usually we ask them to for permission to send a sell sheet, yes, which is your sales you're tool. Asking for permission, you're asking for permission. Oh, oh yeah, hell no, no. You you want know, to ask permission? Don't try to sell. Well, no. I've no. seen some people not, Andrew. They jump it. They. Oh yeah, what are you talking about? Some, most, and that's a mistake. Jump so it. If if you guys want to learn something valuable, listen listen to what Stephen just said. Well, they jump it, and I'm not saying it won't work. And maybe it will work in some situations, but overall, you have to kind of take it a little slow to understand what's their process. Right. Right. So what you're really trying to do is ask good questions, listening to them a little bit. But as inventors, most of the times we're always thinking about us. Yeah. Here's my idea. Here, 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 here. We're not really thinking about about them we're not looking at them carefully enough we're not making sure we get the right people we're rushing it yeah and and you don't have to rush it you guys you really don't you just have to do it correctly and if you're not getting a response on linkedin here's here's the last thing i want to say at the very end if you're not getting any responses on linkedin you're doing something wrong yeah all right so you have two choices you can keep doing it or you can start to find out what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. But but by doing the same thing, thinking you're going to get different results, I think you're going to be disappointed. You're probably going to irritate a lot of people too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then just ghost you. Um, so, Stephen, I'm a little relieved because we always talk about not publicly disclosing your idea. The person that typed in the fruit roll-up idea said, oh, that's already on the market. 
it's just something close to what I was thinking about. So I'm glad because guys, you should never publicly disclose your invention on a public forum. So he's using that as an example. It's a great example. Thank you so much. But I just want to clarify that that. So you're not stealing it from anybody if you guys want to do it because apparently it's already on the market. So. I loved it. I, I, I think that's great. My 10-year-old daughter would freaking love that. I'm not going to give her fruit roll-ups because I think most of them aren't very healthy, to be honest with you. But I think my wife <laughs> buys them once in a while. We're trying to trying to keep her so much junk on the market these days. Oh. God. They say it's healthy and it has like corn syrup in it. I'm like, that's not freaking healthy. Um, but that's oh. just me being me. Um, All right. I, all right, um, guys. Uh, uh, make sure to go to inventright.com, click on inventions for sale, enter that that contest. I'll get you entered all month. And every week we're giving away three of our students' products. And I had fun reaching out to those folks to let them know they won, Stephen. And I'm like, you know, let us pick which product you want and we'll mail it to you. That was like really, really cool. It supports the inventor. It helps a little bit with promotion there. And then it encourages people because they're like, damn, all these people license their products. I better get going on mine. Um, and then Stephen mentioned our, our $29 program. So you can go to invent, right. And then click on, um, services and all services. And you'll see the $29 program. So you know, which one we're talking about, that's going to be more targeted to our 10 steps than watching different YouTube videos and stuff. I highly recommend you check that out. And of course you need more help. You know, we coach and mentor inventors too. Yeah. We don't go the 10 steps on the videos. We, we, well, we do. We were covering yeah. the steps, but it's like all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. All right. Everybody, thank you so much. We can't get to everybody's questions all the time, but I hope you enjoyed this live stream. Um, Stephen, later today, I'll throw it up on YouTube so people can watch it there too. Thank you. You did an amazing job. People had amazing questions. I just love our community. Everybody's always very positive and asking great, great questions. And um, so thank you. And I remind everybody to take care and uh, keep inventing. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Bye.